If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn. Education. It's Quindell Evans, bluepoetry.com. And I'm just here to spread some love and share with you my art. I appreciate everybody who's tuned in. You feel me? This is Blue Poetry. Blue is the color of dreams. Poet is the already inscribed trees that keeps us alive. So, for those of you who, who know, I got a book called The Mouth Book, Messages of Uplift to Heal. The Mouth Book, Messages of Uplift to Heal. Mouth is spelled M-O-U-T-H, and that's an acronym for Message of Uplift to Heal. I wrote that book in order to guide myself and help myself think more positively, you know, because I was getting to a point in life where it felt like I wasn't as focus as I wanted to be, you know, and I realized that my mindset is, is, is the problem. My mindset is the issue. My mindset is what is, is what is allowing me to think a certain way. So I just, I want you to understand why it's important for you to use your mouth in a certain way. I realized that personally, I was speaking negative. I was speaking pessimism. I was speaking circumstances. I was speaking mistakes. I was speaking blockages. You know, like, I was speaking, oh, this is why I can't do what I do. This is happening. Or, I ain't got enough money to do this. Or, or this person is hating and this person holding me back. And I'm not saying none of these problems are not real. I feel like we give too much power to problems, to circumstances, to obstacles, to challenges. With our mouth. You feel me? Like, so that's why I wrote the mouth book. Because it's like, I want us to understand the power of, of how we be able to speak. Like, you know, how, how I want I want us to understand the power of speaking, the power of our words, and how much they actually impact us when we speak certain things. You know? So, for those of you who, who got the affirmation book, the mouth, the, the mouth book, you'll notice that it's affirmations on every page, 100 affirmations in there. And then there's a question too, so it's the affirmation and the question. So you read the affirmation, then flip the page and then answer the question, you write, you feel me? So it's like a journal, a diary, a self-reflection book. And a lot of us don't necessarily reflect on ourselves, you feel me? We so critical of society, so critical of others, and think we got advice for others. I got a song called Got Problems, and the chorus is, Everybody got problems of their own, but they spend more time solving yours. You feel me? Because I feel like we get into a habit of wanting things to be better, which is good, but we don't necessarily apply that energy of wanting things to be better to ourselves. We don't know how to direct that energy. It's great, wanting things to be better. It's great to seek ways to create better Things, to create better times, create better structures, to create better organization, to create better ways to live your dreams, to create better ways to speak, to create better ways to get money, to create better ways to, you know, to get what you desire. Yes, create better. But I feel like we misdirect and misuse that energy of wanting to create better, and we kind of don't necessarily give it to ourselves. And also, when we do decide to give it to ourselves, Whatever challenge, whatever obstacle, whatever thing comes in our way, we so quick to again speak that, oh, I knew I shouldn't have, you know, or stuff like that. So we like, 
we negate our own blessings. Like we we negate our own goals, our own promises, the things that are really promised for us. We negate it. And I've been there, so I understand. Like I could speak one way one day and speak one way the next. Like oh, I appreciate this and I appreciate that. And the next day, the same thing I appreciated, I wasn't appreciated. But anyway, that's the mouth book. The mouth book is affirmation and questions. So you could say positive affirmations, not just affirmations, but affirmations is anything you say that you want to come true. So you can speak negative affirmations into existence, such as, I already know today's going to be a bad day. You, you said it, it's, it's here. So positive affirmations, meaning like, I already know today's going to be a great day. You feel me? It's 100 positive affirmations, all original by Quindell Evans, no quotes from Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and Dalai Lama, and no, you know, like, no rewritten Jones. This is 100% me. I woke up, eight days, meditated, self-reflected on something that I felt I wanted to get better at, and stated it in an affirmation form. So, so that's what the mouth book is about. The mouth book message of Uplift the Hill is the book of affirmations. So right now I'm working on part two of the mouth book. And part two of the mouth book is going to be called the drugs book. The drugs book is an a acronym, another acronym for discipline is your responsibility. Understanding that life is about growth, which breeds success. Drugs. Discipline is your responsibility. Understanding life is about growth, which breeds success. The drugs book is coming soon, so it's going to be part two of the mouth book. We have affirmations in it too, but instead of questions where you write, it's going to be stories about my life. So I'm, it's going to be kind of autobiographical. I'm going to give you stories that personify these affirmations. So I'm really hyped and excited for the drugs book, you know, which is like mouth book part two. I'm really, really excited. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there right now. I'm getting that done. And I appreciate everybody. I sold like a, a good, probably like a good 180 mouth books this year. And I wasn't, I wasn't even going hard to sell them to them. You know, like, I'm going hard. I'm, I'm going hard now for the book. But, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I just want to go harder. You feel me? I want to double the sales next year on the mouth. But I feel like this is a good two. Double, triple the sales. I want to get this out there to, to, to high school students, college students. You know, whoever needs these tools. I feel like these are good tools for us to use. So, like, we, we could definitely, uh, we could definitely, we could definitely benefit from tools like that. Tools that allow you to reflect and speak positive affirmations. And my book is a great tool. I, I personally feel like I'm really excited for the product. There was a point in time where I wasn't so excited for it. I was just like, oh, it could be better, it could be this. And then I realized like, how much I needed it. <laughs> how much I went back to the mouth book over and over. Like, how much I went back to the affirmations to remind myself to think positively. So one of the affirmations that I've been putting in the drugs book is there's gonna be distractions like pain and reason to complain. Because I know what I want, I choose to focus on positive things. One more time. There's gonna be distractions like pain and reason to complain. But because I know what I want, I choose to focus on the positive things. I feel like I feel like there's so many ways to explain this affirmation, but I'm gonna choose one real quick. So, you know, like, in, 
there's always going to be things that hurt, you know, that hurt us. There's always going to be things that bother us, that have the ability to distract us. There's always going to be things that that seem like challenges or obstacles, blockages, setbacks. You know, there's always going to be these type of things in our lives. But we can focus, you know, like I like to use the camera analogy. On the camera, you got the focus button and you get to focus on the target that you want to capture and everything else can be blurred out. So in life, it's like if you're looking through your lens, you know, this is the mentality you have. Your, your mentality is your lens and you can focus on what you want to capture, your goals you want, you know, like you want to focus on that picture that you want to see, even though there might be things in the picture that are distractions, that are setbacks, that are painful, that are hard, that are difficult, that are, you know, that are draining, that are, you know, how do you, these things are in the picture, but you can focus on exactly what you want to capture. You can focus on the goals. You can focus on your success. You can focus on what you have instead of what you don't. You can focus on what you appreciate. You can focus on what you're grateful for. You can focus on giving thanks for for even just being able to, to have a lens, you know, to have a camera, to have a mentality, to lack for life. So you can focus on this thing and allow all these problems and stuff to blur out. So that's how a camera works. So there's going to be distractions like pain or reason to complain because I know what I want. I choose to focus on a positive thing. Let me tell you a story. When my mom's had cancer in 2014, I remember her like tennis balls. What do you sound like? It was like balls, was, tennis balls was popping out of her neck, like swollen. I know y'all seen that recent picture of the guy with the mugshot with the neck. Was, his head was brolic and his neck was super brolic on some crazy, like, no gas. Like, that's how the cancer affected my mom. And that's literally how the cancer affected my mother's body. To the point where she had to sleep, sitting up straight in the bed. Because if she laid down, she would choke. To the point where I remember when she was, I remember one night, I'm out at the open mic in Williamsburg. I used to go every Sunday to the open mic for like a few weeks straight. It was like a series, it was like a series of Sunday open mics. And I went to the John, and it just so happened that this is the last one. This is the last Sunday. This was actually right before my mom's was diagnosed with cancer. Her neck was swollen crazy, knots in there, like looking, looking like, oh my God. But this is before the diagnosis. So we, we knew it was an issue, but we didn't know exactly what it was. So she had a hospital, she had a, 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 a you know, a hospital date to go and get examined for a diagnosis. This was like the, I think she went in the hospital like that Thursday. I feel like I remember this joint like yesterday. I went to the hospital that Thursday or Friday. And that Sunday, before she went to the hospital to get diagnosed, 
I was at the last Sunday of the open mic. And it was like right at the end of it. I think it was like 7 to 11, a Sunday. So it was like literally, I remember it was like, I don't know why nobody came out like that. It was like one of the emptiest jones. You know, it was literally one of the emptiest open mics we had. You know, every Sunday, it was like a good amount of people to the point where it was like, at 11, we was, you know, trying to hurry up, hurry up and perform. We gotta get out of here, because the guy who owned the space was, he wanted us out, laying on dizzy. So, I remember, I remember it being kind of empty, like we only had a few performers. Um, and, I remember like this guy walking in and he was coming to support his cousin who was performing. But he performed too, but he was just coming to support. I, I remember like I was hosting the joint, so I remember like, you know, it's like 10 15. We still got a whole 45 minutes. Everybody who was on the list performed already. Now we got 45 minutes. And I'm just up there telling jokes and trying to keep people with attention before the last 45 is over. So I remember him walking in, he had a guitar. So I just straight up like, yo, you want to perform? Like, just to, just to, like, try to get another person on the list. But he came to support his cousin. So his cousin didn't perform yet because he was waiting for him so he could use the guitar to, to you know, sing. So, cousin performed, he played the guitar. After the joint, you know, I convinced him to perform. He was like, I didn't really come prepared, da 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 da. And I'm like, I mean, it's all right, you, you warmed up now, you just play the guitar, get on the stage, do your thing. So he gets on the stage. And he sang this song called Something About Us by Dad Punk. And if anybody who like knew me from, you know, seven, eight years ago, like, I, I really like listened to like every Dad Punk song. Probably, <laughs> like, I listen to every Dad Punk song. Literally, probably. You feel me? That's how I feel. Unless they got some underground. I even listen to the underground mixtapes and all the remixes, the live performances. I listen to everything that punk. I really like that punk. Um, and it just so happened that something about this is my favorite that punk song. So he go up there, he sings something about us, and nobody else in the spot know this song. So I'm the only one singing along with the dude. You know, so that was awkward. <laughs> so I'm like, this is funny. Like, he's the, I'm the only one in here who know this song. And I'm singing along with one line I messed up. And then he kind of looked at me and like, said the right word and was like, ah, and then kept going, you know? And right after he sang the song, he, he broke down. Right after he finished singing the song, he broke down and he broke down on, you know, just on some, my mom's got cancer, I don't know what to do, I'm trying to be there for her, 
A, B, and C. He was really just giving us a testimony about how he's struggling to deal with the fact that his mom got cancer. And she just started chemo and hurts to see her lose her hair, hurts to see her look weak as she does, and you know. So me being the guy, I want to give him some good energy. I'm like, yo, you good? Like, hold it down. Like, one thing you can do as a man, this is what I told him. Like, one thing you can do as a man, as a son, is to be strong for her. You know? Like, be strong for her. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be hurt. But show her how strong you are. And that give her, you know, like, it's a reflection thing. That's how I felt. I felt like if somebody going through something, you show them strength, you can allow them to see what strength is and then give them the strength to keep going. So I felt like, yo, I, I, that's what I felt like the advice I could give him was like, yo, just be strong for her. You feel me? Like, be strong for her. Show how to be strong and, you know, she and she gonna be strong. But she's showing you how to be strong. So you be strong. Look at her, you know, like, y'all be strong for each other. Like, if, if she's, you know, and, and he was saying how she was strong and she was taking it as best as she can and telling him that don't worry and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, that's a strong woman. So, Give her that strength back. Like, actually do what she feels is is right. You know, she feels like it's right for you to just stay strong and, and don't worry that much and still go out and do your thing. And he, he, you know, he felt like it was hard for him to come out. He just wanted to stay with her. She was like, nah, go out, get out. Like, don't, I'm gonna be okay. Like, being strong. So I was like, it resembled that strength for her. You know, I ain't know my mom's gonna be diagnosed with cancer that Friday. But I remember after the June, like right after the, the open mic, you know, we like went out in the back, we smoking, chilling, you know, just vibing out. And I remember the full moon that night because I remember like, it was like 11 on the dot. My mom's called me we in the back, just about to light the blunt. My mom called me and was like, yo, where you at? Like, you know, like, her throat was so swollen, her neck was so swollen, that like, she was kind of like whispering with rasp. Like, she could barely speak, so every word was hurting her to speak. Every word. You know, I remember, I remember like, how like, when I, when I used to just, you know, like, talk to her, I used to like, you know, like, it just hurt me to hear her speak that way. It hurt me to, to see her that way. So she's literally, like, whispering and raspy, with a raspiness and trying to, you know, talk to me. She's like, where you at? And I'm like, I'm Williamsburg. I'm saying, I'm standing at my mom's crib in Brownville. You know, so, like, it was going to take me at least 45 to get home. She's like, where you at? I'm, like, I'm in Williamsburg. She like, can you uh, give me some pain pills? I'm like, I ain't gonna be home for hours. I don't care, whatever you can. Like, the funny thing is, like, I don't know. Like, I got brothers and sisters who's older than me, younger than me, who lived in the crib at the time too. And my mom's like, where's nobody got a dollar or two to get something? Like, why is she calling me? That's a whole other story, though. You feel me? Because this money issue is just, it's just like prevalent in my family. It's like nobody never, no, nobody, nobody resembles like how 
to manage money. Like nobody in my family is like the saver, the investor. You know, it's just check to check living, debt to debt living, spending above our means, stuff like that. But that's a whole other story. So like in my mind, it's like, for real, nobody could go steal some pay bills or something like this, a dollar, it's just, I don't know. But I'm like, all right, I got you. She wanted me to get like three, four packs. She was popping paper like skittles. Literally because it was hurting so much, she wanted me to get three or four packs. So like, I'm like, I got you. And I remember looking up at the full moon, you know, and like my eyes tearing up and my friends and stuff. And we was just having like conscience conversation. You know, that's what people open mics do. They just have con conscious conversation. Conscious conversations about how things get better. We go to open mics, that's what it's always about. It's like heartfelt poems and people opening up about their lives. And then it's always some time for some conscious conversation where they can kind of get into like debates and arguments between people. But it's all love, but this is just like everybody want to be right. But I remember we having conscious conversation. I don't think nobody even knew what I felt, knew what was going on with me. I'm just like, good, I got you. So I remember like, I don't even remember if I finished smoking or did. I don't remember. I just remember like, after that, walking home. But I, I'm, I don't remember if I, I remember, I feel like I remember being with, 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 with a friend, well, he used to be a friend, Cook. I feel like I remember being with him, but I don't know, like that whole, the walking away home to get home felt alone. But I feel like I was with someone at the same time. Like I know that I was with someone walking to the train, got on the train, I know that I was with someone, but it felt alone. And I, I don't remember getting in the crib, giving her the pills, none of that. I, I, I feel like I disconnected in a certain way after that moment. But I felt like I disconnected from that pain and connected to like, I want my moms to be better. And that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say is this affirmation is, there's gonna be distractions like pain and reasons to complain because I know what I want, I choose to focus on the positive things. I remember getting homie number. Um, I'm, I'm gonna hit him up to see if I still have his number. His name is Whole Slave. And I used to call him my guardian angel and all that. And I wrote a song for guardian angel over that and all that, because it felt like, yo, like, he just came in my life at a certain point. But I remember, anyway, <laughs> he came in my life at a certain point and to provide me with the strength that I was telling him to provide his moms with. His mom's getting through it. I remember my mom's getting diagnosed that Friday. And then a few weeks, like a week and a half later, I think like two weeks later, my mom's got out the hospital. She was done with the chemo. It was looking better, you know, feeling better. It just like literally, I remember the Sunday, it was on the Sunday. And my mom wanted to go to church. She got out like on the Friday. She got out the hospital on the Friday. And on a Sunday, she um wanted to go to church, you know, to like give thanks and be around her church family. And you know, they wanted to pray for her and congratulate her that she beat cancer and got through the chemo and everything. And I went with her and I sang the song you want to smile. And 
I remember like you know the 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 cliche pastor talking to you, feel a message. But that's just how spiritual environments are. There's a message in these spiritual environments, no matter if it's a church or a mosque or you know, a temple. It doesn't matter where you at, what kind of religion or spiritual practice. Whenever there's a spiritual message, it somehow is able to touch everyone. I remember feeling like the pastor was telling me I don't belong here. Not in a negative way, in a positive way, like I am spiritually protected. I still message I got, I'm spiritually protected, I'm good, I can leave, I don't have to come back to church. I felt that message. Like, you don't need Christianity. It's what I literally was hearing when he was speaking in a positive way, not in a negative way at all. And I remember, like, when I'm out, and Curtis Harris was texting me Greater Post Cafe, and he was in the library at Brownsville Harris' house. He was like, yo, I want... I want, I, want, I want you to perform here, come through if you're free. So I left the church and went to the Browns and Harris's house and I performed and it was for like a group of, of future teachers. And it was like a Teach for America seminar. I don't know what Curtis, I don't know, but <laughs> I remember performing there. Perform the poem There's No Solution in. And after I performed, all the all of the people that all the attendees that were there was like we're going to Prospect Park after this. And I was like, I just I just tagged along. And that's where after that was done, like I was chilling with them, free snacks and all that. I was just chilling vibing. And they're all talking to, you know, they're all like future teach they're all future teachers in this program and I just tagged along. And I just roamed off after that, you know, like I was, after a while I was just like roamed off and I'm just walking through the park and I remember like walking through the park, spitting freestyles and spitting stuff that I just wrote, you know, that's what I like to do in my long time, just like spit to make sure I remember anything that I wrote or anything that I, or you know, whatever. I just like to make up new stuff and I'm alone. I remember walking through the park with freestyling and I ran into whole sway. Ran it. And I'm like, oh, what's up? And he's like, I'm about to meet my friend here. So I'm over with him, meet up with his friend, me and him start freestyling back and forth. And I asked him about his mom's. And he like, yeah, she doing much better. And I'm like, yo, you know my mom got diagnosed with cancer? And she just came out of chemo Friday. That's ironic. And like we just shared how ironic that was and how powerful it was that we met each other and could keep each other in strength. And feel like that was because I was focused on, I detached myself from, you know, like I felt detached from like complaining about it, wasn't going around complaining to my friends and crying to people in my life, like my mom was going through this and I don't know what to do, I'm hurt. I felt like I put myself in the, in the position, I put myself in a mind state to think that my mom was going to be there. I felt that I put myself in a mind state to believe that my mom was going, going get through it. I felt that I put myself in a mind state that would allow me to, I felt that I put myself in a mind state that was gonna allow myself to accept my mom's, accept my mom's the way she is and think and know that she, she's strong. Like she was strong, strong enough to, to beat that cancer. And when, even when she was in the hospital, 
my mom's in the hospital. I'm thinking like, yo, this is a big thing. Like, this is cancer. This is a big thing. This ain't no, this ain't no headache. This ain't no, <laughs> you feel me? This ain't no something you need stitches. This ain't a broken leg. This is cancer. This is serious. Somebody in the hospital. The the the, the cliche thing to do is to bring some flowers, cards, balloons. I'm like, great. I'm, I'm gonna bring some flowers, some cards, some balloons. Cause it can't be regular. It can't be normal. So I wanted to bring some big flowers, a big card. And some big balloons because this is a big thing. It's a big illness. It ain't no little thing. And and it, you know, because I felt like I want to focus on a positive thing. I feel like I want to focus on my mom actually being strong enough and beating this cancer. So you know them poster boards where you got to do your fifth grade science projects. You know them trifold joints. I've got the big one, not the small one. I got the big one, and I wrote a poem for my mom, for a mother of mine in the middle. And on the other side, on one side I put mama, and on the other side I put Joyce, you know, on the top. And I went around the city, and I would perform my song in the streets and parks, and, you know, get people to write acronyms for my moms. People was writing acronyms out of mama, write acronyms out of joy. So I had literally like hundreds of acronyms. If I went to the hospital with that, like this is a big call from people. Some people we knew, some people we ain't know from people all over the city. You know, and I was hitting places like Washington Square Park in the city and everything. So it was people who was who's tourists visiting. So I feel like this is international call right here. This is a big call right here. This is a big call for a big illness, a big thing that needs some big loving. Not just a regular card, not just a regular flowers, some regular blooms. This is big thing. So that was me feeling like I was focusing on a positive thing instead of crying and help and donate money, go for me, all of that. It's like, listen, my mom's just, I just want my mom to be loved in this moment. I want her to know that we believe she's going to be there. I want her to know that I'm strong. I want her to know that she's strong. That's all she did was resemble strength. From that was born, so I remember my mom was being a symbol of strength in my life. So, like, there's going to be pain. There's going to be reason to complain. I could have complained. I could have been hurt and crying all the time. I cried. I was hurt. But I did no complain and more appreciating what I could do in the moment than allowing things to distract me. So there's gonna be distractions like pain and reason to complain, but because I know what I want, I choose to focus on the positive things. You feel me then? Quindell Evans, bluepoetry.com. Let's go!